0: Welcome to the Helping Children Thrive podcast, where we talk about ways to improve your child's health and recovery. I'm your host, Momina Sili, and I'm a certified pediatric functional medicine health coach. At Helping Children Thrive, it is our aim to educate and empower parents and practitioners with integrative approaches to children's health conditions. Along with this hope that our children can recover, I welcome you all. Hi, everyone. Today, we're talking to Dr. Roseanne Kapana hodge and she is a tremendous resource when it comes to mental health, um, especially mental health among children. So we're really lucky to have her here. A little background about her. Dr. Roseanne is a mental health trailblazer, and she's a founder of the Global Institute of Children's Mental Health and Dr. Roseanne, LLC. She's changing the way we view and treat children's mental health. And Forbes magazine calls her a thought leader in children's mental health. That's amazing. Her work has helped thousands reverse the most challenging conditions such as ADHD, anxiety, mood, autism, learning disability, Lyme, and panting Pandas using proven holistic therapies such as neurofeedback, biofeedback, and psychotherapy. She is the author of the first ever book on teletherapy activities for children and adolescent therapists called Teletherapy Toolkit. And it's going to be okay. And the one that I have read and I've actually learned so much about is from her best selling book, which she's co authored called The Brain Under Attack, a resource for parents and caregivers of children with pans, pandas, and autoimmune encephalopathy. She works with kids and families with remote neurofeedback and her Get Unstuck program and raising, un- raising successful kids community, which are resources for parents to improve their children's symptoms and develop grit and resilience. She's often featured in dozens of media outlets such as Fox, CBC, New York Times, you name it. She's been everywhere. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Well, I'm so glad to have this conversation and open people's minds
1: about, you know, how holistic therapies are so science-backed. Um, And parents just don't know about all the things they can do to really help their kids, you know, because when your kid is struggling, nothing else seems to matter. And, you know, solutions seem, you know, murky for a lot of, you know, things like ADD or anxiety or even more serious issues like uh, depression and OCD. And um, we just make mental health way harder than it has to be. So I'm grateful for this conversation because it's going to help lots of parents out there
0: with kids
1: that are having a hard time.
0: Yeah. And how did you get into working with children and then specifically like mental health?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I have a, a, a kind of a famous story of um, a memory. I also have a really super developed memory. My first memories start when I'm about 14 months old. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, <laughs> um, my mother has a contextual memory like Mary Lou Henner, where she can recall the days Um, specifically. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, and my dyslexic 11 year old has a version of it. And then I have a version of it. His is stronger than mine. Um, but she has like the highest level of it. It's pretty incredible. So I can pull out like episodes, like a movie and watch things. It's kind of, I, and some of us can do this in different ways. So, um, so when I was five, my friend's mom, uh, my mom's friend, Angela asked me what I wanted to be. And out of my mouth came that I wanted to be a psychiatrist and I had no exposure. So, um, I really do believe it was a calling that was, I was led to do this work. And as I got older, I realized that a psychiatrist was essentially a pill pusher and didn't want to really do that deeper work of help. And I always was the person, the friend that everybody talked to and all that other stuff. So um, as I was in school, And I was exploring, you know, different avenues. The first experience I had in undergrad was internship and underprivileged area. And I realized that with a little bit of intervention with kids, I could have a massive impact. Like I was shocked by doing, uh, showing up, volunteering like an hour and a half a week could make a kid who was like an F student like a CB student. And I was like, what? You know what I mean? Like it was amazing to me. And a lot of what I did was like positive language kind of always been a vision setting kind of person and letting them know, here's where you want to go. Here are the steps. Like he just didn't have that in his life. You know what I mean? His parents were, you know, struggling with their own issues and he was a single mom. So she's working, you know, like she's got other kids. There's a lot going on. So I just love working with kids. And I think, you know, I'm such a straight shooter and so are kids. Yeah. And
0: <laughs> like kids
1: say things like right out of their mouth. You know what I mean? Like, no um, totally. And kids don't know they can't get better. Yeah. Kids only believe exactly. If you're like, hey, listen, Joey, you have this anxiety. It's You've had it going on your whole life, the true life conversation. Conversation i had this week with an 18 year old and i was like do you ever remember not being Just he was like no and i was like okay this and this and this what are we gonna do and he was like oh i feel hopeful like i get it and this is what we're gonna do and i laid it out and he was like it wasn't like i go it's not even an option that you're not gonna get rid of this ocd it's like not even an action okay so he was like yeah and his mom was like yeah usually a parent's like really what, what's your success rate? What am I going to do? Are we going to have to do medication? I mean, and after this, shouldn't we do medication? I was like, hold on. You know what I mean? So so I love working with kids and I, and I certainly love working with parents. And I love working with parents who are like, I'm, I'm done with this. And I know that we need something else and I'm willing to shift what I'm doing and stop working so hard and work smarter. So so whenever people work with me and I work with people all over the world in our brain behavior reset program um you know the first step is like, hold on, I don't do it for you. I do it with you. Yeah. And, um. and, you know, we have to be aligned, you know, and so everyone's working so hard. So I don't even want to say that they're not, it's just that we're misguiding. It's very misguided. The steps are taking It's a lot of rabbit holes. Um. And then of course, you know, I started working with kids long before I had my own kids. And then I have two kids with issues. My older son has pans, pandas. He's doing really well. He got Lyme disease at 22 months. And my youngest, as I mentioned, is really a remediated dyslexic. So um, he's, he's uh, reading above grade level and he's just easy. He just came out easy. I didn't have anything to do with that. So isn't that amazing? Now I know those people that are listening, that have four or five, six kids. It's because they have like a John Carlo Hodge. That's <laughs> why. Because when I drop them off at school, they go, like the teacher yesterday goes, oh, I'm very much enjoying having John Carlo in my class. Usually I get the thank you. Yeah. We're so lucky. It's just so pleasant. You know, he's like an easy, funny kid. And he always goes out of his way to be kind, which is so important. That you know, so, nice. so yeah yeah you know, so that's really a good thing. He'll be fine. I don't worry about him in life,
0: yeah, no, that's great. and so one of the things you you mentioned was just how a lot of parents are coming to you after having tried a lot of things, right? So they're that's pretty crazy. much the
1: standard Momina is like yeah. um, I would say that it's not unusual even for a kid as young as twelve to have gone to five, six, seven, ten different
0: providers That's of rough. some sort before they get to me mm-hmm. yeah and have they already been like on medication and things like that like they've already tried yeah sort of avenues. yeah
1: I mean I definitely have a group of people who are avoiding medication and it could be at any age certainly people tend to avoid medication. They try Mm -hmm. before they're, they're younger. Cause let's be honest. What are you presented with? If you're concerned about your kid's behavior or emotional development, you are presented typically by your pediatrician, either um, recommended to go to psychotherapy if you're lucky. uh, But typically they say, here's a pill, give it a try. You know, Oh, ADD medication
0: is safe. No, it's not people. Oh my goodness. No, it's It's not. not. No,
1: it's not. Read my blogs about it. Read the research. 100% of the time, there's a side effect. Not 99%, not 80%, 100% of the time. Do you want to risk your child? You're hoping it's a short term side effect, but do you want to risk uh, seizures and psychosis and all this other side effects, which are less common, but actually happen? You know, it's really a rushing roulette. And, um, but it's, they've tried a lot of these things. And they realize, sometimes quick, but usually over a long period of time, they just don't get those desired results, right? Their kids aren't smiling. They're not feeling good. They're still in a conflict with their kid. Their kid isn't getting their work done. You know, they're still tired all the time. Whatever is going on, moody. you can't forget about that or, you oh, yeah. know, upset easily. Um, and so then they say there's got to be another way. And and really, you know, what, what we do, Momina, what you and I do is we look at root causes, right? Yeah. Like we're really trying to figure out what it is and then work. Uh, from yeah. there right instead they're like well maybe it's this and just try this thing that we think works you know how crazy is that there's no science involved in that it sounds pretty much I don't want to put my kid's brain um you know in the hands
0: of somebody who's like
1: mm, it's like a it's checklist involved. isn't it
0: like okay they've the yeah. symptoms okay this is where I go it's like a that's right part. that's right Um, And, you know,
1: ADHD, one of my most popular blogs is like, you know, 11 things it could be besides ADHD. Yeah. And, um, and 50% of the time people come to me with a diagnosis of ADHD, it is not ADHD. Yeah. Um, And people are often really surprised by that, but your attention can be impaired by anything. If, you know, you're an adult and you're listening, think about, a bad night of sleep, you know, your perimenopause, you're nursing or any of these things, or you had a fight or you're overworked and all of a sudden your sleep goes down. You can't focus in the same way. If you have anxiety, you can't focus in the same way. Why is it only ADD? And then they think, you know, let me give you this medication. So, you know, sadly, parents have to go down a lot of rabbit holes and, you know, every day you don't get the right treatment is a day your kid is suffering.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, and, they're not able to tell any different um, because they're just experiencing that they don't know anything better than what their current state is. That's um, right. And so they can't tell mom or dad that, you know, like, I, I don't feel yeah. well. for them. That's yeah. normal. Well, and,
1: and what winds up happening with these kids, like, is that, you know, a lot of our kids, particularly with ADHD and learning challenges, they have a higher IQ than average in general. Yeah so they can compensate. So you can see like sometimes their grades can be good all the time, but to get to that, those grades, the amount of work behind the scenes, the nagging, the helping them start is painful. So then this friction starts in the house, right? Like it's a nag cycle. It's awful. Nobody wants to be in a nag cycle with their kids. Um, That's a real thing. And then it, so not only breaks down the relationship, the kids then start feeling bad about themselves. And it then is a number of years, we, we kind of think, I always say nobody regrets getting help. They only regret when you don't. The problem is it's just hard to connect the dots going forward, right? We can only connect the dots going backwards. And that's why these conversations are really important. And, you know, a lot of times I have to deal with, you know, like this week I I had a 22 year old where the kid has had problems the entire time. He's in the fifth year of college.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he ain't going to make it. I told them you're not going to make it. Why are you even starting right now? You need to stop, come here, take a year off. Let's get it together. And then you can have one great year of a college and then you can explain to your employer, you know, Oh no, I'll be depressed. And I was like, who's in charge here, people. So, um, and I know nobody ever thinks that's going to happen to them, but this is a common thing. This is very, very common and intellect is a factor in success but how you hustle your executive functioning your planning and prioritizing is a way bigger determinant yeah. and so a lot of people focus on the brightness particularly the verbal brightness but if the work production if the life factors like you can't hang up your book bag you can't flush the toilet you're not going to make it. These things will show up in relationships and all that other stuff. And and it's really about a dysregulated brain. You know, their brain is not regulated and it's not just neurotransmitters. I mean, I work on brainwaves. And so parents, a lot of times, by the time they find things like I do neurofeedback and PMF,
0: by the time they found that, they've tried a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. I want to get a neurofeedback, but just before that, it's quickly just to get the executive function piece. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of parents and then a lot of providers as well, when they talk about ADHD or 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 just symptoms. So when I like to talk about it, I like to talk less about giving it a name and a diagnosis, but more about looking at the symptoms. So, you know, your kid is inattentive. They've got mood issues. They've got impulsivity and, and you know, all of those symptoms. What they, they're so hyper-focused and getting rid of those symptoms. They're not thinking about Things like executive functioning, right? Their ability yeah. to do things and get things done, and that right. falls through the cracks a lot of times. And especially when they're going down the route for medication, but even even in in holistic spaces, right? They're not thinking about teaching mm-hmm. them the ropes to get things done. And it's not just right. for the first two years of school; it's all the well. Way and, and you know, I think people
1: hear the word executive functioning and maybe some of your listeners are not, they're not sure what it is. So attention is the brain's ability to alert. Okay. So when people do medication, they're hoping they're more alert. Right. And that doesn't always happen. It really doesn't. And, and often what we know through the research that by year three on ADD medication, a person will look exactly like an unmedicated person. Okay, and there's a lot of reasons for that, and we can talk about all that. But it has a lot to do with the microbiome, and it has a lot to do with a lot of things, and the toxic effect of the medication and whatnot. But executive functioning is a set of cognitive skills, right? That uh, basically you learn how to plan and pr- prioritize for a future um, event or action or task, and they can be those skills can be taught, and so. Yes, we can work on alerting the brain. And and what I do is I alert the brain with neurofeedback and then we teach executive functioning. And, And so, you know, if you are somebody, I have great executive functioning, I'm a great planner and a prioritize, you heard me, I visualize, I visualize an end result. People with ADHD always have executive functioning issues. Not everybody with executive functioning issues have ADHD. People with autism have executive functioning issues. You can, your executive functioning absolutely is going to go into the toilet if you've got things like depression or OCD because you're just so you're, you're, you're struggling in your own body. So you're going to have a hard time keeping up with tasks, whether that's a long-term or a temporary issue, it still needs to be addressed. And so I think that's the disconnect for parents where they're like, well, I put them on this med, but they're not doing any better. Or I did neurofeedback and they're not doing any better. That's why we don't do neurofeedback on its own. We only do it in a program because you need to learn the skills. And so, um, and parents can teach this to their kids. They just need that roadmap, right? Um, And that's really, really important. You know, like you don't just expect your kid to learn how to read. You got to sit down and teach them. It's the same thing with executive functioning. It could be the same thing with social skills or another area that we think kids just magically absorb. And some kids do, right? Um, Some kids
0: self-teach themselves how to read you know but that's not the norm (laughs) yeah but you don't even know know that you know when when they do teach themselves how to read that whole aspect of comprehension doesn't come in as well right that's right that one two punch you do neurofeedback where you teach executive function skills so they're able to piece both those things together and kind of take it forward it's like you're teaching them skills for life right but that's right absolutely and those skills I mean planning and
1: prioritizing is going to show up going to the grocery store,
0: Everything.
1: <laughs> you know, Everything. your job, your yeah. relationship, you know, like all kinds of things. And you, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to helicopter your kid forever. You know, it doesn't matter if their IQ is 137, if they can't, Get their book bag ready for the next day, you're not gonna go off to college with them. Just like this kid who was a stellar student got accepted into a special program in college, very, very competitive program, is not making it. How to how to leave that program, go into another program isn't gonna make that either. You know what I mean? So the intelligence can only carry you so far. You need skills, you need skills that are independent. I can't say that enough. And some kids need a lot more reinforcement and practice to get there. And that's okay. It really is. Nobody is perfect. We all want to pretend on Facebook and Instagram that we are. But they're not.
0: Yeah. And it's okay to put in the work, right? Like every child has to work at their own pace. Like some kids will excel some things and others will do other things much better. Yeah.
1: I make a point to let my kids know that, oh, man. I have made a lot of mistakes and continue to do. And I love that. I mean, I think one of the greatest parenting compliments I got was my kid's teacher last year. We switched into a different school. And she said, I have never, ever, ever worked with a kid with a learning challenge or attention problem or anything that is so self confident. Like, is like, here's my spelling that I turned in, it's terrible but I feel great about it yeah. but I'm going outside. <laughs> and she was like, he cares about it, yeah. but he's like, I'm okay with this because I'm a great reader. Yeah. And and she was like, what did you do? And I was like, oh, it was a lot of work. Yeah, it was a lot of work. And really, honestly, the biggest work was to let him know the things that I struggle with and really making fun of it. Like we, we're a really fun family and we're very sarcastic. Like yeah. we're so sarcastic. We went on vacation with another family and I could see their kid being like, is she for real? And I was like, Khalil, everything comes out of my mouth is going to be sarcasm. Do you know what sarcasm is? He's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, everything I say will be the exact opposite. Are we cool? And He was like, we're totally cool, Dr. Brown. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So, um, and it's just making light. So it's not so heavy. And I'm like, listen, it kind of sucks being dyslexic. but it's a superpower." So when he met the teacher this year, I go, do you want to tell her your superpower? And he goes, yeah, after you tell her yours. And I was <laughs> like, okay, mommy's, you know, Dr. Ro is this? And he was like, yeah, and I'm dyslexic. And I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. So it was really cool. It takes some work and it takes a different mindset. And, you know, we can't wish away our issues that our kids have. We have to love and support and work with them and some kids, again, it's a lot more practice in these weaker areas than maybe parents even realize. I think that's one of the biggest surprises for parents. That and parents always think kids are doing these behaviors on purpose if kids are very behavioral and they never are. Oh, I'm no, telling you, yeah. they never are. Even that snarky teenager isn't doing it on purpose. They just don't know what else to do when they're stuck.
0: Yeah. that's so, the first thing um, I tell
1: any family that comes yeah it's not them so let's, let's them. pass it's that them. so let's shift it you know and and uh, i always you know and once we get there and we kind of i love to talk about the brain and why things are happening and it's one of the most magical parts of what i do is helping them to really deeply understand what is happening? Of course, I'm such a solutions focused girl, um, which is why I love doing QEGs and neurofeedback and PMF and supplements and and a lot of other functional things. But those are mainly what's in my wheelhouse. Um, because parents are like, okay, I get it. Now, what are we doing? I'm like, yeah. that's my love language.
0: Yeah, and let's and get really it. Let's put it down. For. Yeah, they need that. They need that guide. Right. To help us yes. kind of push through, because they've already been through so many doctors who that's right. we been leading yeah. like that, all kinds of paths. Yeah. Well, we're pretty serious, Momina.
1: Like you have to apply to work with us. You have yeah. to be accepted. So, um, so, you know, we definitely have a wait list and, and, you know, we want people, I don't care what the problem is. The problem is never an issue. Parents always say, Oh, but this has got to be the worst problem you've ever seen. No, I promise you it's not. Um, but what I look for is that willingness, that trust, right? I, I need people to be like, what am I going to do? How are we going to do it? I don't care what kind of questions they have, but the, the trust has to be there. And that acceptance of the situation, right? Like, okay, this is what what it is. So, um, you know, how can we move forward this and alleviate the symptoms? How we we get smiles back on people's face? I mean, that's why I'm, Calm brain, happy family. Right, yeah. it's about regulating the nervous system so that we can create these happy families, right? Yeah. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's like, listen, did I think I was going to have a kid who wind up getting bitten by a tick at 22 months and being psychotic at times? Heck, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you I didn't, didn't even know, know I was going to have a things. dyslexic. Yeah. You know but you get what you get. And, you know, I, I, uh, I'm grateful for that. And, and, um, you know, they're beautiful kids and, and sometimes our journey, it's, we, we think things are going to be a certain way, you know, and we have to move in the way that what our families need. And I promise you, it's going to be a lot less stressful than what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, especially when you, when you sit and talk with these families, there's so much stress in that family. There's just so much, you know, and and that has such a knock on effect on their child and, and their ability to recover. Right. And, yeah. and it's huge. And so it's so, um, Heartening to hear you say that, right? And then the example that you are for a lot of people to just kind of know of, um, you know, how you can make light of a situation, try to make it better. But then you, you need to do the work, right? Um, you, do
1: need to, you do need to do the work.
0: And again, to to they have it. to get out of their own way
1: because whenever somebody says, like, uh, do people not get better? And I say, yes. And there's one reason why it's the parents yeah, the way. Yeah. and, and they are not, um, they're not visualizing the change. They're, they're so fear hijacked and I get it. And that's why we screen people because sometimes people are too fear hijacked to actually do the micro changes. And there's never, you know, a magic wand. It's so many little steps that move forward, but in a way that is congruent with families, right? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes people like I, we had somebody call and they're like, I just want to make the appointment. I mean, right now. And it's like, hold on our processes. We've, we've got to make sure we're aligned. And um, I also want to make sure somebody isn't like Dr. Rose going to do this whole thing. And I don't have to show up. I mean, I had a mother one time say, I got to leave the intake to go to another appointment and I'll be back.
0: You're like, that's not how it works. No. <laughs> to give you hundred percent now not how it works. So, um, so I don't want to make light of it,
1: but it's really just shifting what your efforts are to a way where you're really getting successful. I mean, today I also had this great conversation with an adult who, um, you know, has struggled with anxiety for like 20 years. And I was like, tell me the little changes you're noticing. And I was, you know, I said, your brain has changed in the limbic system. So you should not, see stress in the same way. Should not be getting agitated. And he was like, that's exactly what I noticed. He goes, I don't, uh, I don't feel the irritation of my kid anymore. I'm not getting upset anymore. His therapist said his facial expressions have changed. He's way more engaged. Um, And it was just so lovely to hear that. And yet he was so happy with the changes, but he wasn't exactly where he needed to be because we're only in the middle of where we are. And he he got that because we've been saying like this Rome wasn't built in a day. It's been 20 years of this. Yeah. But he was so hopeful. And he was like, so I was like, where do you really want to see more improvements? And he was like, sleep. And I was like, okay, here are the three things we need to now add in phase two. And they're micro things. And in two weeks, if you haven't noticed 10 or 15% change in your sleep, let's relook at it, you know? So he was like, okay, you know, so
0: um, incremental changes and improvements that you really, I feel like that's where um, people like you and I come in to really. Yes. Own in the parent's attention that listen, this is where a lot of, you know, Improvement has happened. Like I've had a bunch of families come in, they, oh, things are not better. And you're like, okay, well, tell me, how are things? And then you tell them five things where things are so much better and they leave relief, but yet more committed to do the work because they're like, yeah, I see improvement now. Like, thanks for changing my focus. So you're so deep into it. You don't yes. see it like that. Well, and also they only think we use, a um, in our
1: program, we use um, uh, analogy of getting to the summit. And we get you to the base camps, yeah. everybody can get to the summit, but you can't get to the summit without stopping at the base camps. Oh yeah. So we have to start shifting that, that there's just a one done pill that's going to fix anything. You know, even when I've had people respond to ADD medication or an SSRI, which again, I'm not a proponent of these things, particularly in a developing brain, it should never, ever be the first thing you do. Never. Um, I, I think medication is overused probably 97% of the time. And there's a few conditions, um, that are organic, right? We just had this big research study that said that most depression isn't serotonin related.
0: Yeah, Ah! I know
1: right? (laughs) So what does that mean? It means a pill ain't gonna fix it, people. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Most of the depression I see is from anxiety and the brain gets worn out uh, or infectious disease or other things. So so we got to shift that and get people to change. But we also can't expect people to uh, do therapy or do nutrition work with a completely stressed hijacked system. And that's why I love doing things like neurofeedback and PMF, which regulate and restore the nervous system so that you can think, you can take action differently, certainly more easily. You know, it's not going to do everything for you, but boy, is it going to make it a lot easier.
0: Yeah. Tell us more
1: about neurofeedback. I'm so excited yeah. to hear more about yeah. that. Yeah. So really simply, what is neurofeedback? It's almost 60 years old at this point, which is kind of insane <laughs> when people think about that. Right. Yeah. Um, but it is an evidence based approach. To, uh, tens of thousands of research studies. Three thousand peer reviewed means that it's at a higher level. Your peers are saying this is valid research. You are, through a process of measurement and reinforcement, I'll get into that, reinforcing the brain to change itself. You're you're using computers to tell the brain, yes, I want you to increase that focus brain wave, decrease that stress brain wave. And if you can visualize somebody hooked to a computer Nothing's coming through the wire. The computer is measuring it and then going to reinforce it through uh, an auditory and visual image, right? Um, And the visual image is typically a movie playing or not playing. So somebody's hooked up. First with me, they've done typically what's called a QEG brain map for my remote people. We do something called a brain check. There's some statistical analysis of data and you're able to see... What's going on in the brain? What's overworking? What's underworking? And neurofeedback takes areas that are sluggish or in a rev state and regulates them. The brain gets reinforced. So I'm there. I'm working out two, three times a week on a computer for about 30 minutes, the brain is producing this perfect, healthy combination of brain waves in a session. And over time, most people are doing 40 or more sessions, the brain. So that's why we say about six months in our program. So four to six months, two or three times a week, the brain practices being in this perfect, healthy state gets reinforced to do it. By the computer and literally that's as simple as it is. So it takes somebody in the case of this man that I had today, very, very anxious to the point where his brain actually was depressive and shut down. So he was able to restore functioning, particularly in the emotional centers. So he was able to filter out kind of benign things like um, lights or sounds or your kid being a little annoying but he would have these big reactions. It's the same thing for kids, kids do this. So all of a sudden his system starts regulating. What happens when your system regulates? The more it regulates, the more it regulates. The more reactive it is, the more reactive it is. So we get it to regulate through this process of measurement and reinforcement. I like to do multiple statistical analysis or brain maps throughout the process. And our method is we don't just do neurofeedback. Um, We coach, we teach you about um, lifestyle things like nutrition and meditation and all these different things, sleep, parenting. Um, and we walk you through those things that create, you know, these happy families. And we do work with adults too. My preference is kids. Yeah. So,
0: so how, <laughs> and kids- how young can they be?
1: So with PMF, which is different pulse electromagnetic frequency, it's a little device. I mean, we can work with little, little kids, you know, 18 months, two years, especially my spectrum kids and ADD kids. You're picking those kids up typically earlier. Um, And then I work with people in their eighties. So neurofeedback starts at three and a half. I'm not going to do a QEG before then. Um, And some of my clients are fully remote and never come to me. Many people want to fly in. And they want to just do at least that first brain map. And that's okay, too. Wherever people are, we work with them. And I certainly specialize in very complex cases, Mm -hmm. layered cases. Um, uh, But I also have more and more people who are just holistic and don't want to ever get their kid on medication. One of the coolest things is the young kids, though, Momina. Like, when I get a brain before age eight, it is what I always say. That's a brain that has dirt roads. It is super flexible, easily trainable. Um, and once they're nine, their brain is, it's not that it's hard to train. It's just not as easy to train as when you're younger. But then again, I train people in their eighties. So uh, nutrition makes a huge difference in the flexibility of the brain. Um, and alongside each other, or is it like, I don't, I don't do them. I often do them together, but not at the same time. So I have a mobile port. Mm-hmm. We Our brand is called Calm PMF. It's going to be coming out in literally uh, like weeks oh, wow. um, and it will be available for people to purchase. It's a mobile port and it's going to be just for mental health. So we'll have, okay. um, it holds different protocols, very different from what's on the market. The company that we've been using for many, many years developed a device based on our methods. Um, so they're co- protocols specific to anxiety, autism, OCD. And so people be able to use it. And it's, it's small. It's like, it's um, maybe two and a half by four inches. So you can put it in a kid's pocket. You can put it in a fanny pack and they can be regulating their nervous system, um, playing you know, uh, sleeping, (laughs) um, and different things. So it's been really awesome. I mean, my families that have Lyme disease and pans pandas, I mean, they really struggle and it's been so miraculous for many of them. Um, it's been one of those awesome things, but neurofeedback really requires you sit, you do it and we send people equipment um, people sometimes wow. come to our Bridgefield, Connecticut center, but we work with people all over the world um, and people are assigned a coach. They're taught how to use it. The equipment's awesome. I've waited probably about 10 years for the equipment to get the software to get as good as it's gotten, mm-hmm. um, which is exciting. But you know, you have to set aside time. It's not hard to use and um, neurofeedback, even though people want to say it takes time, You know, most people by session 15 to 20 are noticing some change, some pretty significant changes, you know, maybe not in every single area, but in the case of the man that I talked about, I, I didn't like, he didn't get his, out of his five things, I didn't really improve his sleep, but he's not biting everybody's head off at home. I mean, that's going to just have such a positive trickle effect with his relationships with everybody and with himself.
0: Yeah, you know, um, which and he's is pretty too. So imagine a kid who's six or seven, right? Like by absolutely by like number fifteen, like session fifteen or twenty, like he's, you know, his brain is so neuroplastic at that point. Like he's just absolutely. making leaps, right? Making
1: making leaps. I I had a child this summer who had about we estimated about twenty one um full tantrums a week.
0: Oh Wow. And
1: we were able to get it down to less than three. Oh, wow.
0: And how long? I mean, that's a huge deal. It's like a game changer for that family, right? Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, I remember this one family, they were like, we were able to go on vacation for the first time in like seven years and they kept waiting. They said we kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. We kept waiting for somebody to freak out. We kept waiting for a full meltdown and it never happened, Roseanne. They were like, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm like a crier. So then I start crying when I hear this stuff. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty miraculous. I mean, they it couldn't go on vacation family. anymore, you know, and now everything. they could.
0: It changes everything. Like I think it changes everything. Everyone who's listening in is probably feeling that right. And, and, and I, I'm feeling that, you know, this, hope because they go through so many like tough times with their kids. And, and I see that with the families that I work with, it's so stressful. Um, I mean, I've been there. I'm, yeah. I'm a special needs mom
1: too. You know what I mean? Like it's so stressful. And I feel like the first part of our program is, is visualization belief and hope because we lose it because we try so many things because We are not taking a common sense approach. We are not looking at the research. And, you know, what I do in my trademark program, yeah, it's unique. You're not going to find it anywhere, but it's 100% based on everything that works. So it's not like what I'm doing in and of itself is brand new. It's a combination in the way that we do it and the guidance we provide around it. And the research is pretty clear about what creates lifelong mental health. We just, somehow still think it's a pill. Yeah, (laughs) And it's not, I mean, majority of mental health issues are not biochemical. It can be nutrient deficiencies. It can be inflammation. It could be bullying. It could be a stressful household. It could be poor coping skills. There's so many things. And that's why you really need a professional who really understands kids. Like should never go to a a professional who doesn't work with kids. You literally are wasting your time. You know, don't go to a generalist. Don't beg your own therapist
0: to take your kid; they know nothing about child development. Not at all. Yeah, and 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 it's it's interesting, right? That it's about um, they they also understand exactly what a child needs and and, and exactly what to provide them and how, right? It, it's it's like, yeah. it's totally different working with a child because their mind just absorbs information in a very different way, and and you need to totally. get down at totally. some point, yeah, and sit and talk to them. It's not just only about. Yeah communicating with the parents but you need to get down and just look at them in the Mm -hmm. eye and talk to them and see what's going on
1: and giving parents those tools because sometimes we're in this place in our world where we have misaligned expect developmental expectations of what kids can do right like first graders are not supposed to write paragraphs people I don't know when that snuck in there. It's like one of the worst things that ever happened. It's not developmentally normal for a first grade, but yet we're expecting that. So working with people who can help you understand what's normal and what's clinical is, is, oh God, it's it's so enlightening for parents. Um, Yeah, your kids, 50% of the US population has a physical or mental health problem. Your kid's problem isn't that unique, but what can be very unique is, What you're doing about it, right? And just because your physician, who is only been presented with psychopharmacology as a treatment for mental health and neurodevelopmental disorders, you know, why are kids with autism popped on medication? There is no medication for autism. Why? You know what I mean? Um, And there, it's not prescriptive. It is an off label use. It means there's no evidence behind it in, in, in what it's used. There isn't a medication, but yeah, it's a standard of care. So we have to be Google MDs. We have to push back and you have to be that advocate for your child. It's really, really important. Um, and always listen to your parent gut. It, when we don't,
0: that's when you get into trouble. Oh my goodness. Every single time. Right. Oh my goodness. I feel like everyone is so lucky to get to hear from you. And, and it's true, you are a trailblazer. You've done so much work. And the amount of information you put out there for so many parents to learn from you. It's just I think we're all just so grateful for the time and the effort that you put into it. And so thank you so much for coming on. Where can parents find you or apply to work with you? What can yeah. you well, thank you for
1: your kind words. You know, I'm on this mission to change this conversation and get parents and kids the help they need because this is unnecessary and kids and families can be much help- happier and healthier. Um, you can find me, Dr. Roseanne, everywhere. D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N.com. You can find me on Instagram is that, YouTube, TikTok, um, and that's the best way. And You can go to drroseanne.com forward slash apply To apply to work with us and our team. And no matter where you are, if you're not ready, we'll guide you to a resource that's right for you.
0: Yeah. And we all love to call you Dr. Rowe. So that's the way how it (laughs) goes. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been enlightening and so helpful on so many levels.
1: Well, thank you and be well wherever you are on
0: your journey, is exactly where you need to be, mama and papas. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you for listening to this podcast and spending your precious time with us at Helping Children Thrive. If you find this podcast helpful, please share it with your family, friends, and others who may benefit. If you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast on the review section of Apple Podcast. This will help other parents, caregivers, and professionals find the show more easily. Visit momentofsalimcoaching.com to post comments on today's show or ask any questions about upcoming episodes and sign up to receive weekly updates. Helping Children Thrive is not a substitute for working with a qualified healthcare professional. The information shared here is not intended to diagnose and treat your child. Before implementing anything discussed here on the podcast, make sure to consult your healthcare practitioner. See you all next week.